Today's message is the blessed man. Everybody say the blessed man. Now, if you're a woman, every time I say man, you can just say woman. So it may sound a little jarbled, but I want you all to say, if you're a woman, blessed woman. If you're a man, say blessed man. One, two, three. Blessed man. There you go. It works. Okay. Now, today, what you're going to learn about is how to be this blessed person. What it takes to be blessed. Because I remember looking at the scripture, and I was like, dude, I ain't never been blessed, man. I've been a high school dropout. I've been arrested. I remember the times that I got arrested. It wasn't even my fault. It was not that I was blessed. I was cursed. I remember being high with my friends. We were in the car driving in the hood of Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, anyways, the hood of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, and he was lighting off fireworks in his own car, lighting them off doing the car, in the car. Now, obviously, he was a little high to be doing that crazy stuff. So I tell him, dude, you're stupid. You pull over the car, and I'm going to drive because you're going to kill us. So then while I'm driving the car, now I've realized I've given him two free hands. So he's just lighting fireworks in his own car. This is the people I hung out with, okay? So while he's lighting fireworks in his own car, I'm yelling at him not even paying attention. I blow through a red light, okay? There was a police officer and his partner, I guess, sitting by watching this avenue, and all they saw was lots of uh, sparks and loud noises and somebody running a red light. What do they think? They think there's a drive-by, okay? So they come up, woo-woo, sirens pulling me over. I've got drugs in my pocket. I'm so high, I'm thinking they're going to give me a ticket. So I just click in my seatbelt. These dudes come to the car with their guns drawn in the hood of Fort Wayne, and they say, get out, put your hands and hit the floor and all this crazy stuff going on. So I'm sitting here doing all that. I got a bag of weed on me, uh, you know, divvied up to sell to my friends. They're patting me down, finding the bags of weed, finding the scales. They arrest me, find nothing on my friend, give him back the keys to the car and say, stop hanging out with troublemakers like this. And then you go home. So my friend went home in his car as a retard. And I was the biggest retard because I was with him and I was in jail. It wasn't even my fault. Somebody say he wasn't blessed. Say he was cursed. So when I read in the Bible how to stop being cursed, how to stop having bad things happen to me, I was so excited. Are you ready to hear this? Amen. Look at Psalms chapter 1. Today's message is the blessed man, starting in verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. What a lesson that I could have learned early on in life. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And look at last verse 6. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Everybody say perish. I want to talk to you today about what David, the man who wrote this scripture, said you and I needed to do to be blessed. The first thing he talks about is avoiding sin. Go up to that first verse, my brother. He said, blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. If you want to know a good definition for blessed, it doesn't mean kasun height. That came out of a tradition that they thought you were losing your soul or your heart was going to stop when you seized. And so they say, God bless you. Okay, you're still with us. That's so awesome. God bless you. You don't have a demon. That's what they were trying to tell you when they were saying, God bless you. So when somebody says, God bless you, guess what I say? I was already blessed. 
I'm okay. Don't look at me crazy. I want to keep saying God bless you, don't you? But that's where it came from. Can I give you a better definition than after a sneeze? Blessed means empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. So it's not just, God bless you. May you succeed in all that you do. That doesn't make any sense. How does that bring me any closer to God? Does any bodily noise bring me closer to God? Come on, can we be honest here, friends? After you've had some hot wings, God bless you. God bless you, man. You know, you blow your nose. God bless you. God bless you. No, really, I pray you succeed in all you do. The blessing of God is not like winning the lottery. It's not like you're going to be walking down your life and, oh, what was that? Oh, I'm blessed. Look at the blessing of the Lord. I'm blessed. Blessings from God don't come by accident. They come to people of God who live according to his word. Like we learned last week, that the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as a shield. Somebody say, it's the righteous. You see, God is trying to help you to succeed in life. So the word is to be empowered to succeed. So let's look at that. Empowered to succeed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. What does that mean? You're not listening to what they have to say. Do you know that right now in our schools, they are telling young adults not to talk about their sexuality with their family and that if they get pregnant, they can get an abortion without even talking to their parents. All the parents say, help them, Lord. Isn't that disgraceful? Because now what we're saying is the counsel of the wicked. Have you ever gone to somebody for advice? You took their advice and you were worse from listening to their advice than if you would have just done it on your own? You see, that's listening to the counsel of the wicked. Then it says, stand in the way of sinners. Where is the way of sinners? Well, last night it might have been with the lights flashing, loud music playing, come on, at a club. It might have been at a bar. That's the way of sinners. It might have been sitting down and just hanging out with people drinking. The sinners have a way about themselves. Somebody say there's a sinner way. There's a sinner way of doing something. How, you, how many of you know there's a sinner way of talking to somebody in the car that cuts you off? There's a sinner way of doing that. How many oh, you all just too, too Christian for me today? Can we just keep it real? There is a sinner way to talk when somebody cuts you off in the car. How many know there is a sinner way to talk to your cell phone representative after you got that bill? There is a sinner way to handle that. How many couples know there is a sinner way to act a fool in your marriage to your husband or your wife? How many young people know there is the way of a sinner to act as a rebellious teenager towards your parents? Can I get an amen? There is a way of the sinner. You can't listen to what wicked people are telling you. You can't listen to them for advice. Don't go to them. The Bible says that's the blind leading the blind. Then there's the way of a sinner, whether it's partying, living in gross sin, or just acting a certain way that people get from the media, from the television and society they live in. The last thing the Bible says, or sit in the seat of the mocker. And a mocker is somebody who mocks the Lord and doesn't want to listen. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Now let's go through each one of these things. Let's start with the first thing, with dealing with sin. Go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, so that you can recognize when you're getting wicked counsel, or you can recognize your path is on the path of sinners. I don't want anybody to show up there by accident and go, Oh, I never knew that this was the path of sin. No, you're going to know now. 
It's not an accident. I remember growing up, and there wasn't nothing wrong with pornography. How many young men know that there wasn't nothing wrong with it? Our parents looked at it. Our, our uncles looked at it. Our best friends looked at it. But you're going to learn today. That's the way of a sinner. I grew up in a culture where you don't get married until, what, you're, you're uh, 40 years old. You can shack in together, hang out, keep sharing uh, houses with your girlfriends. But somebody say, way of a sinner. I'm going to help you distinguish today. Look at Acts 5, 19 through 21. The acts, or we could say the ways of the sinful nature are obvious. Somebody say they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. These first three deal with sin. Sexual immorality is to have sex with someone you're not married to. That is the way of a sinner. If you want to be blessed, do not do that. Don't walk in that way. If somebody counsels you, well, man, you got to test the milk before you buy a cow. Okay, well, you got to put your hand on the fire before you know how hot it is, too. Uh, you don't know how high the cliff is until you jump off it. Where did people get this retarded understanding? How many know there's a lot of people having sex, but they're not happy? Sex does not make you happy. Otherwise, everybody having sex would be happy. Okay, friends, let's not buy into that lie. So sexual immorality is to have sex with someone you're not married to. Because marriage is not built on sex. It's built on love. It's built on commitment. It's built on those things that we used to value. Now, the next one is impurity. Impurity is anything that is sexual outside of marriage. So now somebody says, dude, I don't have sex, but I have a good time. I get the third base. Cha-ching. God says that's impure. That's dirty. Look at your neighbor and say, dirty, dirty. It is dirty, dirty. It's impure. The Bible literally calls oral sex, homosexual sex, lesbian sex. All types of these things are wrong. So what God has ordained as pure, godly, heavenly sex is sex between one man, one woman in holy matrimony. Can you say amen? And then the next thing is debauchery. And that just sounds nasty. Debauchery. Debauchery is then to look at pornography, to be dirty, and then to just lust in life. So when you see those typical construction workers, which, by the way, I did construction for one day in Chicago before they didn't call me back. But I did show up with my little hammer and my little measuring tape and all that stuff that I was not supposed to have because, I was, you know, anyways, I didn't know what I was doing. But I showed up. And guess where we were planted? Right, right in Chicago, downtown, right by Oprah Winfrey's place, by a modeling agency. So so guess what I had to endure all day? Hey, baby, where are you going? Now, first of all, anybody I imitate always talks Southern, okay? So even though they weren't Southern, this is how it sounded to me. Hey there, baby. I'll take pictures of you. And that's what I had to hear all day long. I'll be your agent. I'll represent you. And I'm saying to the dudes, guys, do you understand that does not help you. Even if your goal is to have sex at the end of the day, that's not the way to do it. You look retarded. Everybody say that's retarded. I've been standing with girls while we're witnessing people rolling by whistling and hollering. That's debauchery. Somebody say debauchery. Okay, let's keep on going. Idolatry. We know what that is. To put an idol in our house before God. India has a lot of them. But right now, guess what our idol looks like? Flat, 65-inch, and has about 200 channels on it. Because you can put that before God, too. Let me just help you understand what your idol is. Track your Bible reading time this week, and then track your TV time, and I'll tell you who's the God of your life. It gets quiet when I preach like this, but it's okay. 
Come on, think about it. An idol is something you put before God. People put TV before God's anything. They put statues. Witchcraft. Now, we think right there, man, that's pretty sick, man. This is like Halloween type stuff, which, by the way, Sunday is Halloween. Dude, we are going to party and get down like nobody's business up in this thug diesel. Amen? So just make sure you all come to that. But I want you all to get this right here. You know what the Greek word for witchcraft is? And I want all my deep thinkers to go with me on this. And if you already know, don't say it. Here it is. The Greek word, and when we read the Bible in Greek, it says, Pharmakai. Pharmakai. What word does that sound like? Pharmacy. I teach our young people this. Do you know that in the days when they wrote the Bible, pharmakai, which they called witchcraft, was the giving and doing of potions together for extra power. What do we call that today? Drug use. So today it's not just bowing down and worshiping some crazy demon god. It's people smoking weed, letting it influence their mind, doing cocaine, doing drugs, heroin. What they used to do for their religion, we now do for a pastime. But God still calls it witchcraft. Somebody say, not the way of the sinner. But the way of the righteous will be blessed. Amen. Hatred. To hate somebody, the Bible says, even to forgive your enemies. Discord means to try to tear apart a relationship, tear apart a friendship. That's where gossip and slander comes in. Jealousy. To want what somebody else has to the point that you can't be happy they have it. I mean, it's cool if you got something that, oh, man, you got the iPhone 4, dude, that's cool. And I'd like to get that one day. That's not jealousy. But when you look at it and you're like, oh, dude, I wish I had that. And why do you have it? That's jealousy. It's to want something so bad you don't think anybody else should have it. You should be the one that has it. Jealousy. And then it goes fits of rage. We've seen this when people get mad and fight, fist to cuffs. And we also see selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is money, 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 money. You see, if you don't uh, look at the heart, everything you do to make money can be a selfish ambition. And then somebody says, no, pastor. But it's my family I'm taking care of. It's my house. Well, let me just tell you what you're putting before everything. You, my, it's still all about you. You're not helping anybody else's family. You're not helping anybody else's house. Selfish ambition. It's all about making you and the things you have look better. Dissensions. That means in factions are right next to each other. These are things that you say to cause a division in people's life. It's similar to gossip, but in these days it was over doctrines and splitting of the church. And what we see in today's churches. Is people fighting amongst each other. Well, why is Chris and Vanessa having a small group? I want to be divisive and dissentious and factious and try to be uh, tear them down so I can be lifted up. Are you all with me? Somebody say, don't hate. Say, celebrate. And envy, which is very similar to jealousy. Then it says drunkenness. I define drunkenness as what our state would define drunkenness. If you can't drive a car, you're drunk. If you cannot get behind the wheel, you have a problem. I don't want you flying a plane, being my doctor, if you're blowing point, whatever. You you get what I'm saying? That's drunk. Yes, they drink uh, wine in the Bible, but they weren't drinking it by the 40-ounce, you know, guzzling it down, doing keg stands and all that crazy stuff I used to do. Some may say drunkenness. Now look what the Bible just put up in there for us in the 21st century. On the count of three, we're going to read the Bible, not be embarrassed, not be awkward, and we're going to say the big O word. One, two, three. That's what your Bible said. I didn't put it there. It's been there a lot longer than I've been alive. Why would he put that there? Because he knew people in our day would live just like they did in the Roman day. You know how our culture looks right now with all these rappers doing these things, all these reality TV shows doing those things. That's just what they did back then. Nothing new under the suns, my friend. Having sex with multiple people, having friends with benefits is all what the Bible calls orgies. And just in case he didn't list all the other crazy things people do in life, shooting up a block, joining 
in the gang, uh, all these other things that we would call sin, lying on your taxes, all of this. He says, and the like. Somebody say, and the like. Now, all I did for you today was tell you what the way of the sinner and the wicked was like, so you would not be a part of it because I want you blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, he just wants us blessed. That's all I want to do. I just want you to be blessed. I could say it after you sneeze, but it really wouldn't mean anything. I have to teach you how to live right so God will bless you. Amen? And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So today, blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of the sinner, listen to the counsel of the wicked, or sit in the seat of the mocker. I want to show you what a mocker is, Proverbs one twenty one. Just give me a few more minutes today, and you will have the principles of being blessed. Amen? Proverbs chapter 1 is the introduction of the book of Proverbs, which is written by Solomon. What the Bible says was the wisest man who lived on the earth. He was the second, uh, third king of Israel. Uh, after David, he built the temple. And look at what he says uh, will cause us to not have wisdom and not be blessed. Just go, uh, my brother, to verse 20 as you are. Let's look up here. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. Anybody ever said common sense ain't so common anymore? I, I believe that because people aren't listening to their conscience anymore. We, we know better, but we're not acting like we should. The Bible says wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets downtown on Michigan Avenue, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. And this is what wisdom is saying. How long will you simple ones, somebody say a simple ten, there you go. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How many think we should shout that from the Hancock Sears Tower right now? How many of y'all are going to keep being simple, loving these simple ways? Will you keep thinking money makes you happy? Are you going to keep thinking Gucci changing your life? Let's get off this. Let's stop thinking like a simpleton. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge. You know what mocking is and to sit in the seat of the mocker is? Is when you hear the truth and you say something, and I usually like to say, you stick your big old butt in the way. Okay? You need to wait to have sex before you're married. But pastor, you don't know how it is for us because we love each other so much and we're going to get married and if we don't live together, we're going to lose everything we have because we have to share a house together and our life will fall apart and there's no healing like sexual healing and I can't live without it. Don't have sex before you're married. Get your big old butt out the way. Say, yes, Lord. I want to be blessed. Women, submit unto your husbands as Christ is the head of the church. So is the husband the head of the house of his family. Oh, no, you don't know my husband. My husband's so crazy. I can't submit to him. And he's just so crazy. My life will all fall apart. I won't have an identity. It's like you're trying to put me back in the slave ages. I can't even vote. I'm an animal. I'll die. I will die right now if I follow that. But it won't work for me. That is such a lie. It will work for you. Humble yourself. Pray for a godly husband. If he lays hands on you, me and the Chicago police officer will lay hands on him. Hallelujah. And we'll help get that out. But other than that, pray for him to be a godly man. You be a godly woman. I could keep you here all day. You see, wicked counsel seems to be pretty obvious. 
Standing in the way of sinners seems to be pretty obvious. But when we don't listen, we're mocking what God is saying. We are hating knowledge. And you can't be blessed putting your big old butt in God's way while he's trying to bless you. Look at your neighbor and say, get your butt out the way. Come on, take your butt out the way. Don't act like I'm saying something wrong. You know what I'm talking about. We've all made excuses why we can't live for God. But here's the, oh, my Lord, thank you, Jesus. Download, ding, here it is. But I don't want to cause nobody to stumble, okay? But nobody's perfect. Here comes the violin. Oh, nobody's perfect, Pastor. We all make mistakes. Okay, let me just play that one out. If we all make mistakes and nobody's perfect, I'm going to hold you at gunpoint with my shotgun and take all of your money because nobody's perfect. And then we can just do whatever we want and just have nobody's perfect card, right? Nobody's perfect, police. Hey, dude, I just robbed a bank. I just committed a whole bunch of crimes, but I got my nobody's perfect card. Why do we think we can do that with God? But God, nobody's perfect. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm on the road of perfection, not the way of the sinner. Thank you very much. And if you ever see me step off of this, slap me on the back of my head, kick me in the butt, and tell me to get back on the road to perfection, because I want to become more like Christ, not like this world. Why? Because I want to be blessed. Amen. And the Bible says, blessed is the man who does not listen to the counsel of the wicked, stand the way of the sinner, or sit in the seat of the mocker. But what does it say next? But his delight or her delight is in the what? Law of the Lord. And on their law do they meditate day and night. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want you all to fall in love with the word of God. I learned this from my dad growing up as a kid. It's a great little acronym to remind how important the Bible is. Everybody say, Bible. B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. There's a way to remember it. I know it sounds cheesy in Sunday school, but some of y'all skipped out on Sunday school. i got to catch you up. Amen. Your Bible is your playbook in life. I remember watching my dad, successful businessman, run a youth meeting one time. And he just sat down with the youth and he said, how many of y'all like sports? How many of y'all like watching the best teams play? You get really excited. He said, I want you to look at this Bible. This is the playbook of life. You follow this book right here, you'll be successful. I know it was to me as a young person, but it changed my life. Some of you all didn't hear that as a young person. I want to encourage you today. If you want to be blessed, yes, you've got to stop doing the wrong things, but you've got to start doing the right things. You've got to love the Word of God as it's known here, the law of God. And let me give you an example of this real quick. When you go to your job and it's the payday, they don't say, Hey, dude, we're going to pay you today because you didn't kill anybody on the job. And that's how we talk as Christians, don't we? Are you a good Christian? Yes. What makes you a good Christian? I don't kill nobody. I don't steal, rape, or murder. Like as if you show up downtown, you you show up, and they just come and check you out like, what you doing? I'm not killing anybody. I'm not murdering anybody. I need to get paid. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. I didn't just pay you not to do crazy stuff. I paid you to do some stuff. Somebody say, work. You've got to work for the Lord. You see, keeping God's commands is just not doing this, not doing that, do not. No, there's also commands to do. Love your neighbor. Hello. 
Pray for those in need. Give, and it shall be given unto you. There's a lot of commands that you're supposed to do, just like when you show up at your job. And so here's what the Word of God says. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. Somebody say, teach me, Lord. Now say it like you want it. Somebody say, teach me, Lord. For rebuking. Somebody say, rebuke me, Lord. And correcting. Somebody say, correct me, Lord. And training in righteousness. Somebody say, train me in righteousness, Lord. So that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be taught how to live right? How did I put my family in order when all I knew how to do was mess up with girls and be a bad mamma jamma? How did I learn to love my honey bunny, my boots, their boo, and treat her like the queen of heaven and earth? How did I learn that? Because the Bible taught me how to do what's right. How will you change your wicked ways that keep you cursed to start being blessed? You need to meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. God, how would you run this business? God, how would you solve this problem? Lord, what does your word say about this? I love studying through the Bible and topics. I know some of you love your Bible, starting the book of Genesis. And by the time you get to Leviticus, thou shalt not have an oxen lay with a, another oxen in the field. You get all crazed in this, like, what's going on? Let me tell you how to read your Bible for some of you, just to start basically. Go to a concordance, find subjects. Read your Bible, what it says about love, marriage, salvation, church. If you need a list like that, I'll send it to you so you can begin to understand the Bible is teaching you how to live your life. What is a rebuke? A rebuke is stop that. Stop it. Rebuke means to stop what you're doing. And the Bible will tell you certain things you have got to stop. There are certain things God's going to teach you and adjust your life. There are other things he's going to say stop. Like we talked about before, drunkenness, stop. Uh, Sexual immorality, debauchery, hatred, jealousy, anger, stop that. The Bible is going to tell you. Somebody say rebuke. Then correct means after you stop. Okay, what do I do next? He's going to say, now let me correct your path. Let me show you how not to go on the path of the sinner, but to stay on the path of righteousness. The Word of God will continue to correct you. And then somebody say, train in righteousness. Now, I want my man Adolfo to stand up right there and give them the best, the best Mr. Olympia you can give. Give up and show us the muscles. Show us the gun show, baby. Yes, there it is. So my brother right here, you know how like guys have like fast cars on their, on their, you know, like their, uh, their computer screens and like, like for me, I have like the places I like to go, fishing, snowboarding, all that. He has pictures of dudes without their shirts on, oiled up and greased up like this, okay? Because that's what he wants to be. I go into his room, it's all over there. And, and, and he's totally straight, ladies, okay? So praise God, amen. Yes, just had to put that in there. Now watch this right here. You've got to train to look like this dude right here. I could never just hope to accidentally look like him. I have to train to be like him. Now that's what the Bible says, train in righteousness. That means sometimes you're going to be training, practicing your free throw, and you're going to miss it. And God's not going to come and rebuke you and like get all upset. He's going to say, no, this is how you do it better. God is patient with us. He'll train you how to be a godly wife. He'll train you how to be a godly husband. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm still in training. I'm still in training too, guys. I'm not perfect. He's training me how to live right. Can you stand to your feet today? I want to close out with Psalms 1. Put it back up there for me, brother. And I want you to see what God promises. If you get the junk out and do what's right, you've got to stop sinning. Stop listening to the counsel of the wicked. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. And on, your law, on his law, you'll meditate day and night. Look at what he now says. Go to verses 3 and 4. Pull them up, please. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, 
and whose leaf does not wither. Adam, would you come, please? Whatever he does prospers. Why does God just give a flat promise to like that? I mean, I've heard there's these American Express cards. I've heard about it. I think it's true. If it's wrong, come see me after service. But these black American Express cards without a limit, and they give them to people they know that don't need a limit but will pay it off every month. So you just can't blow it up and then have it for like five years. It's a no-limit card, but you've got to pay it every month. I look at that kind of like what God is saying here. Whatever he does prospers. He doesn't go through the list and say, when he gets married, his marriage will prosper. When he starts a business, his business will prosper. When he has children, his children will prosper. He just gives a blank check right there. Whatever he does, prospers. How could God make such a, what seems like an outlandish statement? Because he knows that if you follow the first principles he gave you, you cannot fail. You cannot You get away from the counsel of Oprah Winfrey, you put the word of God in your family, your family will succeed. There's no way it can fail. You get away from everything Donald Trump and these people are telling you, you find the principles of the Bible, the founder of Hobby Lobby, billion-dollar business, the founder of Chick-fil-A, billion-dollar business. You know what they did? They closed on Sundays. When Hobby Lobby closed on Sundays, they said, we're going to honor the, the Lord and to give our people time to go off. Hobby Lobby is like a Walmart sells all these, uh, you know, hobby supplies. Their biggest day was Sunday. They began losing business. God was testing him to see if he was going to be faithful to the word. But over time, they began to make more in six days than they did in seven. That's just not a corner store bakery, my friends. That's a billion-dollar company. He put God first. This nation... The greatest nation on this planet was founded at one time on godly principles. I don't care how small it is. You're just going to do your homework tonight and get ready to start school tomorrow. You put God first. You will prosper in what you do. I had to give myself a a boost when I first started in in college because I was a high school dropout. I'd have a dictionary with me everywhere I went and had to look up words. And then I got my first report card. It was mostly C's. You know what I said? I said, God, you promised me this. I drew a line in the sand, young people. I said, I'll never get a C again. Today I'm getting A's and B's in seminary. God is enabling me to do what I never could do. Why? Because he gave a blank check. He said, you get wicked counsel out your life. You get the wicked ways out your life. You stop rejecting the knowledge he's given you as a mocker. And you meditate on him. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. And then what does he say? He's got to tell us what the others are like. He says, not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. I'm not a farmer, but my grandpa had a farm. Wheat is found as a kernel, and it has a little chaff around it, like a little covering. When these farmers would take the wheat, they would put it on the ground. The oxen would walk on top of it. It would separate the kernel from that chaff. And then they would just sweep up all of the kernels and put them in their bins. And then the chaff, they would just let the wind blow away. It would just blow right away. It was just these little coverings over the wheat. And the Bible says, if you don't do it God's way, your life will just be blown away. Yeah, you might have some of the things that a blessed person has. Yeah, you may have a couple bucks in your bank account. Yeah, you may still have a marriage, but it won't be blessed. You'll know that on the inside. I just talked to a family the other day, has a great, great uh, family, great home, married couple, been married for years. Anybody look at them from the outside, you would say, man, they are so blessed. Living in the same house, haven't talked to each other for a month, husband and wife. See, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Be real with yourself. Just having a few things doesn't mean you're blessed. Blessed means you're empowered to succeed in all that you do. 
from everything that makes you a person, everything that encompasses your purpose, God wants to bless. And then look at this. I love what it says in verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assemblies of the righteous. That means even though today sheep and goats can hang out together, sinners and saints can go and share a golden nugget together, one day the righteous will have a place with God that the wicked won't have. In Revelations, it says he'll separate them as a shepherd from the sheep in Matthew 25. And then he'll say to the right, depart from me into a lake of fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. My friends, it's not a game. It's not just Christianity. It's the cherry on top of your life. It's like, oh, I'm already doing pretty good on my own, the middle class American dream. I might just try a little God on top. No, if you don't have what God told you to have, if you don't live this blessed life, you will not be where Christians are going in heaven. And you'll be in hell. Look at verse 6. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Remember we said he gives us that blank check, whatever you do shall prosper. Why can he do that? Because he knows the the principles work, but how does he back up the principles? The Lord watches over the righteous. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and we say, God, we want to be blessed. Lord, I don't want to be blessed to have more things in life. I don't mean it that way, God. I want to be blessed in all that I do. I want my family to please you. I want to be the father you're calling me to be to the daughters that I have, God. And Lord, today I pray for my friends that came to this awesome congregation this morning. That Lord, today, that will be their heart. That, Lord, they just don't want to have a blessing here and there. That, but, God, they want to be blessed. They want their marriages to be blessed. They want their homes to be blessed. God, all that they set their hands to, to prosper, oh God. God, my prayer is that Metro Praise will not just be having blessings, but we will be a blessed church that not only has enough for us, but for the world around us. That will raise our children together, changing generations to come, shouting out from the streets, make way the way of the Lord, do it God's way. That God will see an end to abortion, will see an end to shacking up, will see an end to violence on the streets, greed in the businesses, corruption in the politics, rebellion in the home. That God, it will start here. We make a covenant to be blessed. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to start praying for some specific people here. Our church believes in altar calls. And what that means is we want you to come and respond to the word. There's a place in just a few moments for you to come and get right with God. If there's any sins in your life, you can come and just repent of sin and get it out. And people will pray with you so you don't got to do it alone. If you're here today and you want power from the Spirit, there's a way to receive that just so you can get trained and equipped to succeed. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm applying the principles, but the blessing is taking a while getting here. I wonder if God forgot my address. We'll pray for you today to just be blessed and empowered. And if you're today, you're suffering maybe with a sickness. We actually believe that Jesus said we could be healed in our bodies and that you can get prayed for and that today your test could become a testimony. I have altar workers up here as I begin to pray and Adam begins to sing. Don't leave yet. We'll fellowship in just a few moments. But each one of them are equipped to pray with you for any of those needs. And as I pray right now, I'm going to ask that you would start to come. Father, I ask, Lord, that everybody here that needs prayer today. 
God will just begin to come. That, Lord, whoever needs to get some junk out of their life will just receive prayer. Today, God, if anybody just wants to have an affirmation of the blessings on their life, that, God, they'll begin to come. And that, Lord, today your power will empower people. Brother, just sing. Come forward and let us pray for you today. And if you already are just so blessed you don't need prayer, sing the song with us today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.